1: Well, welcome to Kidney Talk, everyone. Uh, Today, uh, we're going to talk about lady issues. Specifically, they do happen in men, too. But uh, we're going to be talking about urinary tract infections. Oh, so much fun. Um, And today, we have uh, Cher Thomas with us. She's a a transplant recipient, a long-term patient advocate, and a very good friend of mine. Uh, Cher, welcome to the show. Thank
0: you, Lori. I'm excited to be here.
1: We hear this topic so much, but there's not a lot of information out there about actually what it's like. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) um, urinary tract infections are no fun. So, you know, do you want to just review the symptoms so people kind of know what it entails?
0: Absolutely. Um, I've had a few myself, so I'm familiar with them. So some of the symptoms are that You might have a a strong or even a persistent urge to urinate. Uh, You may feel a burning sensation whenever you do. And, you know, you're urinating more frequently, but it might just be limited amounts of urine. You know, you might feel like you really have to go, but just a little bit comes out. One thing that I myself, a dead giveaway is whenever I go and give um, a urine sample is that the urine is cloudy and sometimes it appears red or like a cola colored. It's dark and uh, it may smell bad and you may have some pain in your pelvic area. It's usually not where you had uh, symptoms before you had a transplant. Um, You know, it's not really where your native kidneys are. Uh, You might feel a little bit in the front or in your pelvis because there's, you know, some pressure that you might feel sometimes. And then the hardest thing to deal with is, you know, sometimes you don't feel any symptoms at all.
1: That's And you don't
0: know it, and you just go in for some routine testing and then it pops up, you know, you may, right. you may run a fever, but sometimes
1: you don't. Well, you know, it's really interesting because I've had urinary tract infections and, you know, they really weren't strong symptoms and I, you know, you have to look cause, you know, you're, you're, check your urine, you know, you can look at all these different things. The real giveaway for me a lot of times is I start to feel cold. Like, like I have just a low grade fever, Right. Um. And or you know I lay down and it's hot out but I need a blanket on, and right. and stuff like that or I just feel a little bit more fatigued, and you know if, if these are more common in people who have a transplant, um because we are immunocompromised and oh, okay. that little your urethra <laughs> is uh, temperamental. <laughs>
0: It, it is. It is. And you know, a lot of us have diabetes and they're at a higher risk too. So uh, many of us find ourselves behind the eight ball and, and women as well, right? Just because of the way that, that we're built down there, that exactly. we find ourselves vulnerable.
1: So I thought we could just maybe go through some of the things we do, Um, and I'm, I'm really anal about this because, you know, how do you prevent getting a urinary tract infection? So I'm going to kick us off and say always urinate right after sex.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yes.
1: You have to, because you have to be careful. So I'm going to let you go next. Let's just go back and forth.
0: Okay. All right. Well, one thing that I learned early on was you have to, every time, no matter how difficult it is, you have to wipe from the front to the back.
1: Yep It's no fun It's uh, It can It can be a lifesaver You don't want to Miss a concert Because you had a urinary tract infection Real story Okay right, So right. And you know I think that People don't realize That You got to choose Your underwear conf- Carefully um, That's true
0: that's true.
1: You, you don't want anything that makes you sweat too much. And cotton underwear is a must. Don't get those nylon girdles on. No, no. Uh, um, and I absolutely love the brand Soma, S-O-M-A dot com. Oh. Okay. And what I like about them is they have cotton, you know, briefs, but they have like a little bit of like rubber around the edges, so it helps your underwear stay in place because— Oh,
0: that's important <laughs> because if it crawls, that's not a good thing either.
1: Right, right. You got to keep that sucker in the right place.
0: <laughs> it needs to be where it's supposed to be. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I like—I'm I'm old school— I like a haynes women's uh cotton underwear, but I like it with a boy cut uh, The reason why is is that uh my transplant, if I have too much pressure on it, you know your your transplant's up in the front, right? and if I have too much pressure on it, it kind of makes my kidney sore, and the boy's cut is a little bit lower than like a high waisted um underwear. And it's just more comfortable for me and my body type. But I think it's important that people choose cotton and, I, you know, something that can breathe really well. But I also think that it's important that they find a product that works well for their body shape.
1: Yes, it's, it's so important. And, you know, I searched a long time to find the right fitting underwear. Uh, so that's why I, you know, a big shout-out to Soma. You know, uh, I should get a free sample right now, right? Right, <laughs> Several right. Of them. But, uh, <laughs> you could become a spokesperson. Exactly. I mean, but, <laughs> you know, it's just like when you find something you really love, I hope they don't change the style. I hate when they do that. Oh, I do, too. <laughs> well, and, you know... When you have a transplant, now you can you get urinary tract infections. Uh, you know you can get them on when you're on dialysis as well. But we're really focusing on uh, transplant and. One thing that I had to do was, you know, you have to drink a lot. You need to flush it. You need to flush your kidneys and keep them well hydrated. Because if you're not drinking enough and you're out sweating, um, that can be a recipe for disaster. Uh, Drinking a lot helps.
0: Oh, yes. Well, you know, it helps with so many things. It helps with your creatinine. It helps flush your kidneys. You know, it even helps with your skin a number of years ago 10 15 years ago i had probably three recurrent utis in a row and i'm allergic to bactrim which is really the go to medication if you're if you have a uti and i had to be hospitalized for every one because the other oral medications weren't working and for a short time they put me on a prophylactic antibiotic and you know like i said it was for a short time they've never done it before uh, they were reluctant to do it, but I was just having hospitalization after hospitalization. But you know, Lori, it, it, with every storm, there's a a rainbow afterwards. And the cool thing about it was, is my skin never looked better whenever I was on that antibiotic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, with everything, we have to weigh the you know, the pros and cons, the risks and the benefits. And I kept having reoccurring UTIs, and my doctor did not want to give me a prophylactic antibiotic. And I think it's partly because I've had so many over my 50 years. They're, you know, some of them aren't working so well for me. And uh, they actually thought it might be coming from my third kidney. This happens sometimes. My fourth one is the the muscle kidney and doing all the work. And my third one... um, was just maybe giving a little bit of dribble. But they thought that maybe, you know, uh, it was refluxing back in the third kidney and causing the UTI. And so I had to have a procedure where they went up and took a urine sample of the third kidney and the fourth kidney. And it turned out that wasn't it. It was It wasn't. Okay. Okay. Uh, And then um, they decided, you know, I had to get a pick line, and after two doses um, of—and it was E. coli. It was an E. coli strain. Yeah, yeah. They most commonly
0: are, according to my doctor.
1: And they finally gave me um, IV, 10 days antibiotic, and it finally got rid of that sucker, (laughs) Yes, that's, um, that's
0: good. That's good. You know, well, you just, you know, you got to nip it in the bud and get rid of
1: it. It's nothing to fool around with. And, guys, if you have a UTI and you're being treated with antibiotics, make sure to have a follow up urine sample because mm-hmm. they don't always go away. And uh, so I'm going to move over to another topic that's just so much fun. Yeast infections.
0: Because <laughs> oh, they're yeah. all related.
1: They're all related, you know. Uh, they, again. they are.
0: They absolutely are. Uh, I actually, I had one for the first time recently underneath my breast, you know, where your bra sits at. and. Oh my gosh, I I don't know if it itched or burned or hurt more. I don't know which one, I just know I hated it. I absolutely hated it.
1: Well, and uh, speaking from experience... You know, if anybody wants breast implants, just take steroids. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm, my cup size has increased.
1: <laughs> and it, it's, you get a little older, it's just a brewing ground for yeast infections. Mm, um, it and sure Especially, is. you know, we're home of COVID and like uh, we're reliving the 60s. Oh, I'm going to burn my bra. <laughs> it is tempting. It is tempting. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it is a reality. I I like another brand of bra from I'm I'm like like a spokesperson now for underwear, uh, Ruby uh, Ruby Ribbon, I believe it is. I like their really light, you know bras
0: oh i'll have to write that down i haven't i'm not familiar with that one
1: and it's uh you know i like the little like the one that's kind of a sports bra that's super comfortable nothing nothing like you know i used to like oh let's get the one that gives you the most support no let's give us the one that ma- doesn't embarrass you and right. um it's comfortable no that's <laughs> the one i want you know um i bought some Modestat. And oh, you yeah. can get monostat and just, you know, where the rim of your bra is, just, you know, rub it there and then put your bra on. Because if you sweat, that is a breeding ground to getting a yeast infection, and they are painful.
0: Oh, they, they are. They are. And, you know, uh, I recently, I had, you know, with transplant patients we're at a higher risk for skin cancer, I see my dermatologist frequently and i had just a follow up cancer screening with her and i was talking to her about underneath my breast and she suggested getting you know the old type of de- deodorant that has the ball on it okay uh, she said look for not a deodorant but an antiperspirant and she said that actually works really well in that situation right underneath your bra to dry that area you know, whenever you get out of the shower, I always took a lot of care and, you know, used a towel up there for a long time and uh, even a tissue, sometimes trying to get the area as dry as I could to, you know, avoid that situation. And uh, the antiperspirant, I've been doing it now for at least a month, and it's working out really well.
1: You just go from your armpits to under your, your, your girls.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, it doesn't have a deodorant in it. It's just an antiperspirant. So if you like the
1: smell of a deodorant, you might want to have one for each, but you could. You could. um, And this, again, may be too much information, but it's great if you don't put underwear right away on. I know. I know. And and let it just air dry. (laughs) Yeah, we have to air out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's nice to have a nice dress, or, you know, or if you take a shower and you got to have coffee or something, because. Um, You know, again, like you said, you want to get rid of moisture. And right. anything, like even when you wear pants that aren't cotton, like they have those nylon, you know, synthetic pants, and then you put it over your underwear and they're tight, it can't breathe. And you're going to make more moisture, which can lead to more of a breeding ground for yeast.
0: Sure. And, you know, Lori, you brought up taking showers. That's actually Taking a shower has less risk for you getting a UTI. It also, um, it would help you keep from getting a yeast infection because the water isn't staying there for a long time. Um, I know as far as you, you know, I know we've finished with UTIs, but like if I'm, uh, in a lake or a river, I don't stay in those areas for a long time just because it's too easy to pick up some kind of an infection.
1: It, You know, you're so right. And um, the older I got, um, I used to go swimming all the time, but I do the same thing. I mean, it's, you know, you have to be careful. And it's Based on the fact that you're on Immunosuppressant drugs uh, And if you're in a lake You can, you know, it, you're at risk And again, you know, get out of the lake And go to the bathroom I mean, I don't know, you go to the lake, get in the bathroom I, I don't know, this is too much information But um, <laughs> Right Um, I guess you, you, I know I was trying to like time this, you know, it's, it's important and you, you got to pay attention. So if you've, you're getting reoccurring UTIs and you're going swimming or in your jacuzzi or something like that, you know, make the connection. Um, and, and, you know, figure out how you can solve that because, you know, having reoccurring UTIs uh, and requiring antibiotics makes you uh, more prone to, you know, more antibiotics you take, the more resistance you create. So, um, and the need... more likely you are to get a yeast infection. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, you know, I thought it was interesting. You brought up a point about, you know, postmenopause.
0: Oh yeah. You know, I noticed that after I went through menopause that uh, that's whenever these type, you know, I'd always had recurrent UTIs on and off. I go through spurts, but uh getting more yeast infections after menopause. And you know, there's really some I guess some science behind it. I obviously I'm not a gynecologist but it does have something to do with the amount of estrogen and the changes and how it affects your urinary tract. So, you know, after you go through menopause, you're much more likely to have yeast infections. And it's probably a difference between, well, you know, you can get yeast infections in your mouth.
1: Right. And whenever your mouth
0: dries out, you get yeast infections in your mouth, especially if you're immunosuppressed like we are. Right. Um, But the same thing probably happens downstairs (laughs) because it's a similar type of body tissue, and whenever things start to dry out, it's just easier to get a yeast infection.
1: You know, I totally agree. Um, And and maybe, you know, as we get older, uh, we're sitting more. (laughs) Yes. I I know I am. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, well, we asked this question on our our Facebook page, and I thought it might be important to, you know, provide some feedback of what um, other people who are living with kidney disease and have a transplant, uh, what they're saying. So... You know, I thought I thought this was interesting. Um, one of our uh, participants said they lowered their sugar intake, and um, you know, now they rarely get one. And I know I don't know if this person's diabetic, but uh, you don't heal when your blood sugars are out of whack. And Absolutely so not. I think that you know sugar is connected, and you know, be mindful of that. You know, hey we We can all you know nobody would suffer from eating less sugar that's for sure, right.
0: you know I noticed that another person who commented said that they don't use strong soaps uh in their private areas, Uh, but that goes along with, you know, you have to be careful with what type of feminine wipes that you use in that area as well. I think that any kind of irritant isn't just an irritant. It can stir up some inflammation, which could leave you with getting uh, either a urinary tract infection. It might keep you from cleaning that area well. Or it may dry things out so much that you end up with a yeast infection.
1: It's all connected, guys. And, and you know, we all hear about cranberry juice, cranberry supplements. Uh, that seems to be very popular. Again, anybody listening, you know, ask your doctor about these creams or any over-the-counter or... Uh, you know, what's right for you. They might have a better option. Um, uh, A lot of the comments were taking, you know, prophylactic type of medication. And I think that it's just really important to stay on top of it because, um, you know, it can ruin your whole month because they're painful when they become pretty bad. I mean, I've had been in the hospital with fevers and septic and it's it can it can actually kill you a UTI if you don't
0: oh take it. you know. You can become septic, which is basically you get an infection that can get into your bloodstream. And like you said, I mean it can be fatal. But uh, if you're a transplant recipient, I know that one thing that they would fear about with any kind of infection is, is is it going to stir up your immune system enough that you're going to go into rejection?
1: Exactly. You don't want any type of... Um any type of infection, because it it, it causes you to have a, a response. You know, another thing that, you know, I just recalled about UTIs, and if you're a little bit older and you're feeling a little disoriented, <laughs> uh, yes. it
0: happens, you know. It when does. You, it does. Uh, I've heard it over and over again. Uh,
1: my mom had a UTI, and she... Acted delirious,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. You know, it's it's common. Like, oh, my mom's not making sense, and I'm like, does she have a UTI? <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> it can make you pretty goofy. It can make you pretty goofy. Well, you know. Cher, it, it's, this is such an interesting, you know, subject because, you know, we don't like to talk about things like this and it's, it's so important. I mean, I had no kidneys for 12 years. So when I got my f- third transplant, my bladder, my ureter, you know, nothing was trained and I was peeing like, I couldn't go like 20 minutes without going to the bathroom. And I had to stretch out my bladder and, you know, I had a lot of urinary tract, getting everything to work again. I had to get the training back on, right? Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for people to realize that, you know, we are different and we are at risk. And I eventually got my you know, bladder trained where I could hold it a little bit more, but it's a good idea not to hold it. If <laughs> the worst thing you can do is just, oh, I'm going to hold it. I got to go to the bathroom, but I'm going to hold it. Not oh, yes. a good it idea.
0: Just <laughs> It just bruise the bad guys.
1: <laughs> well, and and I, I don't know about you, but I'm like I'm always scoping out the bathrooms. Oh I, yeah, I. I Whenever on, you know, New Year's Eve and I see all those people, at, you know, in Towns Square in New York, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like, where do they go to the bathroom? I wouldn't be caught dead there. <laughs> I mean, and they all have drinks in their hand. And I'm right. like, oh, my You know my that they're goodness. not
0: really being hygienic.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it's really important. And, you know, and, and one other tip I thought, too, because, you know, we did talk about make sure you— Urinate after sex, um, you know, don't go gardening and then, you know, decide to have sex. Wash your hands or take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Hygiene. Hygiene. Hygiene.
0: Hygiene. Yeah. Hygiene. You know, Lori, you brought up a, a, a good thought that I hadn't thought about in years. I've had, I've only had one kidney transplant and I've had mine for 23 years now. So my mind's a little dusty sometimes, right, about remembering about what happened in those early days. But I remember having difficulty learning to uh, urinate again. I was only on dialysis for a year, but, you know, by the time I received my transplant, I was only urinating one time a day. And I went to see my urologist, and we discussed that because I told them I'm kind of concerned, you know, I'm not really, things aren't working down there like they used to work. And uh, he offered biofeedback, which is basically somebody there, like a a therapist, to give you exercises that you can do to help you regain control of your bladder. And, you know, it's so important for us that at the first sign of a urinary tract infection, you need to be in touch with your nephrology team. They need to know what's happening because early intervention is the key to any type of illness, but especially with us transplant recipients. And, you know, as far as yeast infections, going to your gynecologist, Sometimes if it's a a functional problem with going to the bathroom, a urologist can be of help. But, you know, what I really want to stress is, is that we need our medical providers to be able to help us overcome these types of infections. And we shouldn't put off going to see them.
1: You know, it's so you have to stay on top of your care like nobody's business, especially when you have a transplant. All these little things pop up and, you know, there are solutions to them. You just got to find out what works for you. Absolutely. Well, this has been a very informative talk. Cher, thank you for sharing personal experience and you know i i know that a lot of people are going to click on this and listen to it because it's uh it's important and there's just not this practical advice of how do you prevent a uti and and everybody remember that everybody doesn't always have symptoms so get your regular checkups because you i've caught in a uti at a regular blood test in urine test and and you know what i just wanted to follow up because i want to know if you have any tips When I go give a urine sample, I don't know what it is, but they think that you are double jointed. (laughs) Um, I, I have yet to find a place that understands what it's like to do a clean catch urine sample. And you have your toilet and you have, you know, you have to do the two wipes and you have a certain way to do that. And then you have to balance the cup in the toilet while you're sitting and have the lid and then... There's never a table. (laughs) There's never a table. So you have to contort your body to turn around to be able to, I guess, set the cup on the back of the toilet because, I mean, you don't want to put it on the floor. No. And I don't know. Every single time I have one of those moments like, did I mess up? (laughs) (laughs) Did I touch the rim of something?
0: (laughs) You know, Lori, you caught me on the right day for tips about that because uh, early this morning I went and had my labs drawn and I had to leave a urine sample, (laughs) so it is fresh in my mind. And I know at my transplant center, whenever I leave uh, a urine sample, they don't have a sticker to put on the cup. I have to write my name on the cup. And after twenty three years, I've learned you write your name on your cup before you do anything. You don't try and do, <laughs> you don't try and catch it and and uh, juggle everything and then write your name on it. That's well, not a good idea. Yeah, if
1: you miss the cup, the marker's not going to take. <laughs> I know,
0: I know. So <laughs> so uh, you know, really, um, thank goodness, many of the places have stickers now. So you know it is a balancing act, though uh, one thing that i 'm careful about is is that after I do the urine catch and you 're right it 's kind of like we're a baseball catcher, you know the guy who stands behind the batter right. <laughs> here we are trying to uh balance everything out and keep from spilling the cup and One thing that I think about always whenever I'm catching the urine and then putting the lid on it is I wash my hands and then I'm like, great, I just washed my hands, but this cup probably isn't really clean right now. So I always grab one paper towel to grab the cup because it usually has a lid on it, right? Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: then I grab another paper towel for the door.
1: But what do you do with the cup when you're sitting on the toilet balancing? Do you (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, that's a yoga move. They oh, should okay. come up with a name for that.
1: <laughs> I know that is. It's uh, we'll have to cup. Hey, guys, if you have any uh, ideas for that yoga move of doing a urine sample um, and you know putting the cup down behind you, you know, message them. To us because we're interested
0: (laughs) Exactly exactly You know or we just create some Kind of device that holds it
1: Well I mean they have that little thing that goes Around your neck when you drink you know And you put your little cup there Right But (laughs) (laughs) But I I don't know it's just it always Perplexes me like how hard Would it be to have a little tiny table Right here how hard How 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 hard I know I know I mean are they worried worried about people like, you know, leaving their, you know, purse on it or, I mean, it'd even be a good idea, you know, you should hang your purse, but, you know, uh, it's necessary. So for those of you who are, uh, designing bathrooms for people who have to have urine samples, I hope you get this message.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
1: Well, uh, Cher, thank you so much. Um, I hope we never have to have another UTI, never have to deal with it.
0: And oh, I know. Uh,
1: you know, um, you know, practice these steps everyone and you know, let us know. We we love to hear from you guys. So uh, thank you so much and thank cheers you, to a cool summer.
0: <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.